Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Happy Thanksgiving. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and sometimes we just got to let the applause come on, you know, just to let you know what's going on with Ray and Tay. Hit us up. We've got a lot of turkey talk, and you know what, Ray, before I even give them the numbers, I just was watching Frosty the Snowman with my my three-year-old <laughs> twin boys. It doesn't get much better than that on the holidays. Frosty is still in effect after that in comes Arizona. Frosty wait, wait, wait. Let's, let people know you're watching Frosty in Arizona. That's right. You know what I mean? And they're like, Daddy, what's no? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to take you up to the mountains so you can find out. <laughs> oh, man. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, we're very social. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Book, iTunes, I was about to say FaceTime, you know, it's all over the place. It's that sparkling cider and the turkey hangover. But let me tell people, you can't have too much leftovers because then it just, you know, sometimes you got to spread it out, you know, like eat regular breakfast or regular dinner and have leftovers just for one meal or one and a half meals the next day. You know, you got to spread it out, Ray, don't you think? You got to, you know, you don't want to OD sure. on a turkey. No, 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 for sure, for sure. You know what, but you know, there's some people that get the turkey on for like a week. Turkey soup, turkey sandwich, turkey melt. I like a good turkey sandwich with mustard. Like two days later, it's real nice. Like especially when a turkey's kind of like you know you warm it up with like a little toasted bread and some mustard. Uh, I kind of like that. Okay. I'm down with that. You know, I I, I can't I can't complain with that. that. That's good. So. We got to talk about the NFL and really what we saw Thursday. And we'll start with the evening game, Ray, and work our way backwards. I think all three teams really in the Lions, Cowboys, and Steelers, you know, are all either tied for first or in first of their divisions. And I think all three of them will wind up being their division winners. But I want to ask you where we're in a landscape where it's leaning towards Seahawks at Cowboys in NFC Championship, Raiders at Patriots. You know, maybe the Raiders have to still battle it out with Denver and the Chiefs a little in the AFC Championship. 
but there's a team in Pittsburgh that has some special offensive players. Now, we know Andrew Luck wasn't there. If he was, it might have been a shootout. But when Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown get going, Ray, even the the deepest Cowboy fan in Ray, you get a little bit excited, don't you? <laughs> well, I have a few of those young fellows on my fantasy roster. So, yes, it does get me excited. But I will say, Todd Haley, who's had an up-and-down experience in Pittsburgh, that offense is just humming. And and we talked about this off-air. It looks so easy. You know, Le'Veon Bell does that little stutter step before he hits the hole. Antonio Brown is so silky smooth that those passes to him – just looks so easy. You, you think, wait a minute, this is a professional DB that he's just making look silly. And Big Ben just throws the perfect downfield throws, you know. He And he has confidence in his receivers to win the one-on-one battles. So it, I, I got to tell you, even not being a Pittsburgh fan and, and putting fantasy aside, the Steelers' offense is beautiful. Uh, it's just beautiful to watch. So you're saying we have a chance, right? Absolutely. Why not? Well, what did our boys say in Arizona back in the days? Uh, Denny Green, don't what? Don't crown them yet. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs> don't, they you want to crown them? Then crown them. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's so one of the best meltdowns. I love it. But he, but he, you know, he's passionate. He said it from the heart. You want to crown them, you know? Because listen, any given Sunday, right? One of our favorite great sports movies, football movies, you know, Willie Beeman, Al Pacino with the, you know, with the <laughs> the coaching styles. And I think you're right. I think our offense um, is flowing. But I, I'm starting to see some things out of Artie Burns, uh, Hargrove, some of the, the, the linemen to it. The linebackers are really good. They're all over the field. The Steelers' young defense, I, I really believe the last two weeks, they're starting to play a little bit better. And I think, look, you know, playing the Browns makes everybody look good. But when you start to get to the quarterback when they weren't doing that and they had like eight and a half sacks, it wakes you up. And, you know, the defense looked pretty good last night as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But let's go to Dallas because the Skins and the Cowboys – 31-26, I thought it would be close. They didn't cover the spread. I didn't think they would. But I got to tell you, for someone who has been a Cowboy, if I'm being honest, a Cowboy hater, a guy that doesn't like the Cowboys, I told you this, and I was going to keep it private, but I got to say at least this part. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott can make the biggest non-Cowboy fan say, how about them Cowboys? Because they're 10-1, and one, the best record in the NFL, Ray. The defense just does what they have to do, whether it's Durant who got banged up or Sean Lee and, and Byron Jones and this one, Myron Jones and this one and that one, and they just are all over the place. And this is without Randy Gregory. This is without, you know, Hardy. This is without, um, you know, McLean. And I got to say, for once and for all, the Cowboys coaching staff needs to get some love and some respect. And tell me, how are you feeling about your 10-1 Cowboys that you even have doubted somewhat 
but you can't doubt them because, look, they got their best shot from Kirk Cousins and Jordan Reed and Crowder and Garcon and Kelly. That's an explosive Redskin team that is not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Spread love. It's the Dallas way. <laughs> we, we we invite everybody to be Dallas fans. No problem. You want to be a Cowboy fan? No problem. We'll get you on the bandwagon. Come on. Never. Come on down, player. Never. Never. Dak and Ezekiel. They're your new homies. No, but Do you realize real, how, did you see them post game though, Ray? How big Dak is? He's a big guy. He's there. I mean, he, that Dak's a big boy. He ain't no little lightweight. That's a quarterback. And he's a young young guy. He could put on 10, 15 pounds more. I don't know if he wants to. That might might ruin his his no, mobility. But yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Um, the defense bent and gave up a little too much in the second half, and I feel like they're always getting bailed out by their offense, and Ooh. they're making critical first downs and then running the game out. So that's kind of been their formula where they don't really, against good teams, the teams, the games have been close, but at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, we're tougher than you are. We can get that first down, and we'll be able to hold on to the ball, run the clock out, and we have maybe the best closer in the game. Ezekiel Elliott has is, is just been phenomenal, especially in the fourth quarter, picking up those four, those first downs. He and Dak Prescott He's hard to are, are, yeah. are unbelievable for rookies. You know, they, they've been great. I mean, look, Dak had some, had some missed throws early on, and even in wins sometimes didn't look great. But I got to tell you, these guys must be, their confidence must be sky high. Now, you know, it's looking like Seattle, but but there's other teams before that, that that might be able to might be able to throw a monkey wrench, especially in. I still think the formula to beat the Cowboys is to make Dak Prescott beat you, to not let them get the time of possession, to not let them run the ball. Easier said than done, though, right? Easier said out. than done. Everybody's trying to stop them. That offensive they can't line can't stop them. Did yep, you see that first yep. drive? How easily they went down the field. I mean, it was almost like. It, it felt like it looked like it was practice, like a seven-on-seven seven drill, right? Cowboys of the right? 90s? It felt like it was the Cowboys of the 90s? Three out of four Super Bowls? I mean, Cowboys? look, I hate, I, I hate to say it, but, I mean, honestly, Dak makes you feel like you could say some crazy stuff. Like, he could go down as the best Cowboy quarterback ever. Like, that's how oh, – I don't I mean, know about that. Listen, we'll this see, kid, we'll I mean, see. he's just starting and look at how he's winning. And when everybody says stop the run, yeah, they stopped Ezekiel, right, at 97. Another week, they stopped Ezekiel at 92. So you're not really stopping him in that O-line. It's the perfect, uh, chemistry, you know, combination. And that's why the Titans and Raiders are dangerous, even if they get in the playoffs, because they, too, have big boys up front. And the Steelers' offensive line is, is one that they have built up, and they just got to stay healthy, even the Dolphins a little bit. These teams with better offensive lines, watch out. That's all I'm saying. Watch out because it's still, you know, December and January, it's it's big boy time. You know, it's really big boy time. Now, speaking of big boys, it's time to give Matthew Stafford some serious props and Anquan Bolden, the old Wiley veteran with seven catches, Golden Tate, Theo Riddick. I mean, the whole, the whole band, right, without Calvin Jones Jr. Give me your thoughts on – realistically, 
because I don't think we've given enough props to the Lions' defense. Darius Slay and the boys, Ansa, who played really a tough game. Can the Lions, I mean, they're in first place, but do you see them doing this? Do they win this division? Because it's looking like they're going to. Why not? Seriously, why not? If you look at Minnesota, they are so flawed on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, You can't lose. And and you know me. I loved Sam Bradford at Oklahoma. Been much less of a fan of his in the pros. But you cannot lose Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson and recover. And we had our boy, um, Mr. House, on there when they were 5-0. and But deep in your heart, I mean, I, I was kind of trying to see if they were talking, you know, 15 and one, like they, like they were in 98, but 1998, but you could just tell this team when Adrian Peterson goes down, you're, who are you relying on? Sam Bradford, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, these are all good players. Asiata McKinnon haven't got it done right. They're yeah, good, they but can't they're not run good the ball. The offensive line was softer than we thought. The defense. Well, wait, give them good, credit. They've had tons of injuries too on the whole line too. They have a lot of they injuries. Have. But here's the thing: that division is takeable, right? The 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 Green Bay Packers are the worst they've been. Maybe in in maybe they've been this bad two or three times in in the sort of po- uh, post. Brett Favre era, so in the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers era, this team is bad, and if they lose to the Eagles, they're out. But I, you know, if you're the Detroit Lions, it's yours to lose. I mean, absolutely. I really think that they they've got it because, I mean, and we'll get to that, right? I mean, that's Monday night, so we'll get to that on Monday. But I, right now, I don't see the Packers beating the Eagles. Not the way the Eagles' defense is playing and the versatility of all their players. I mean, but we'll get to that on Monday. So you're right. You're right. So let's start to move forward to the rest of Week 12. Um, not, I feel like Thursday took all the limelight, right, for Thanksgiving because there's not great games this week. They're really, you know, you know. but we start with one that is kind of a, a do or die for one team and kind of almost – not do or die, but definitely either pull away or go back to the pack. You got the Arizona Cardinals at the Atlanta Falcons. Arizona has to run the table, Ray, at four, five, and one. And the Falcons at six and four. Look, Tampa plays Seattle, but still, you don't know what could happen with Tampa the way they've been playing in there at home. And you got to believe they want to extend their lead and not, you know, let Tampa feel comfortable or anybody else in that division. You know, Falcons want to pull away, especially how they collapsed last season. So I say that to say that I think the Falcons are actually going to take a loss. Now, four and a half points, the Falcons are favored by Ray. Originally, I was just going to say the Falcons win by like one or two and cover the spread like 30 to 28. But I think, Neither defense is playing great, but both defenses have spurts of pass rushing and talent. But I think Carson gets going in the dome against Matt Ryan, and we have a little bit of an old-fashioned shootout. And I think it's time for Arizona to get one. I think they'll be feeling good because they're in the dome. And I think last week they didn't play good, you know, against the Niners. They won, but they didn't look so hot. I think they put one out. So I'm going to say – 
30 to 28, Arizona goes to Atlanta and gets that W. Because they have a more talented roster at the end of the day. So Fitz and uh, and Floyd, you know, five, six grabs apiece. They each get a touchdown. No way, no how. Ooh. The Atlanta Falcons are coming off Dubai. Aaron, uh-huh. I mean, Matty Ryan, everybody was talking about him for MVP. He's turning Still it around. The they got off to that great start, but then they slowed considerably. So, to me, this team is ready to put it on somebody. And I think that at 4-5-1, and one, the Cardinals lose this game, that's it. Season's over. And I hate to say it, but Carson Palmer has happy feet. His offensive line is not what it used to be, not what it used to be. They can't go downfield as much. David Johnson is the shining star of that team. But you know what? That stretch down the field, Bruce Arians' offense is just not happening. I think the D, for some reason, is not clicking. Now, some of it had to do with injuries, but something is missing from this team. And you know what? This Atlanta Falcon team can score. And they're prepped. They're ready. And I think they'll put up a big number, even though this Arizona Cardinals team's defense is pretty good. And I just don't think Arizona has the firepower to do it, especially when you need them to, especially coming from behind. They could be in a slugfest like they were with Seattle, but if they're in a in an offensive shootout, not happening. So I like the Atlanta Falcons to put up, I'll say, 33, and the Cardinals 24. So pretty easy win for the Falcons. Wow. Okay. I wasn't going to say we should pick this game, but for respect to the AFC North and what these teams used to be, we should pick it because it's fascinating with the injury and maybe he's AJ Green's not out longer than a week or two, but he's not playing this game. Giovanni's gone. So Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, and this team is going to have to find a way to win a division game on the road with everything on the line and find maybe a different formula, whether it's Eifert and Brandon LaFell and, Jeremy Hill running all day, every day, 40 carries. I'm fascinated, but I really believe, and I don't want it to happen, I think the Ravens will kind of pull out a close one. I think this is going to be a slugfest. The Ravens are favored by four and a half, but I don't see that. So I'm going to take Baltimore, Ray, because their defense, I'm not in love with Flacco or Dalton this year. I don't think either one, you know, Dalton's playing a little bit better statistically, but neither one has had a great season. And I think – you know, grown man strength, Steve Smith Sr., and now they're starting to get a little bit of a running game. I think the Ravens win this one. I'll say 23-20. Bengals cover the spread. Ravens win the game to stay up even with the Pittsburgh Steelers in first place. So you cannot lose. First of all, they're on the, they might be on the all-name squad. Maybe not first team, but second team. Giovanni as a first name. <laughs> And then Adriel Jeremiah. You can't lose yourself a Giovanni and an Adriel. That's hard. Still midseason and still go in to Baltimore and play a pretty decent Ravens defense. Now, their secondary's banged up a little bit, so AJ 
could have taken advantage of that. So I'm going to say the Ravens win, and I'm going to say they win pretty easily. I think also at 3-6-1, and one, the Bengals are done. The Bengals are looking at next year. Marvin Lewis will be fired. Is Marvin's last season? Last, uh, yeah, he's last done. Season? He's done. They need to shake it up. He's gone. So What do you, you know, go for, though? Right go back. for an OC? Do you go for an OC, a college coach? Do you hire within? Like, who, 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 who is, you know, their ownership is very conservative, very, you know, they're cheap in a way. Who do, who do you think they're going to give the car, the car keys to? Because the one Marvel. thing you can say about Marvin, he's given them consistent victories and playoff experience. Jim Harbaugh. Especially this weekend with uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you try a college guy. You know, because they are cheap, you maybe be able to get a college guy a little bit on the cheap. Um, but I think you need to shake it up. I think it can't be somebody that's been there with Marvin for 10 years. It's got to be somebody who's got a different perspective. I don't know that you have to go from Marvin, who was a defensive guy, to an offensive guy, because their offense has been stellar for the last five years. In fact, since the Red Rifle's been there, they've been great oh, yeah. on offense. At least they've been AJ, right? Andy Dalton, yeah. Andy Green's been, you know, and Marvin Lewis is known as a defensive guy. So I don't know. That you don't want to make excuses, that... but don't you feel like this team's been kind of cursed? It seems like every year they've had a key – Injury, yes, either going Palmer into the playoffs yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, it seemed like because even when they lost to the Texans, those two years in a row, they were you know dealing with not a hundred percent players, whether it was AJ Green or this one or that one. So you know, hey, sometimes that's the way it goes. It's a it's a rough rough game. So you like the Bengals and you like Lewis to move on. So this game is interesting because these teams are you know. The Texans are still alive to win their division. They're the leaders. And the Chargers. And the Chargers are not playing for much except for the fact that they have got to figure out where they're playing next year. Their fans voted down the stadium, Ray. Are they going to L.A.? Do they go to Oakland? If Oakland goes to Vegas, now that Oakland voted or trying to have a proposal for a stadium for the Raiders in Oakland, the NFL is kind of in a little weird place. But I'll say this, the Texans really impressed me on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. That was uh, a good showing. I was surprised, but they couldn't figure out how to win, and Brock is not good enough. And I think Phillip goes into Houston. Jadavian might hit him a couple times. And, oh, by the way, Jadavian is alive and well. Did you see how that man is playing some football. He, if Jay, when J.J. Watt comes back, this team is going to be ridiculous on the defensive side because Jadavian is now the number one pick. But I think Phillip, old man Gates, your boy Gordon, too much. Close game, 24-23, Chargers beat the Texans. How about them Chargers? So – this team, these two teams are probably the most, maybe two of the four most enigmatic teams in the league. Who are they? What's their identity? The Chargers have the excuse of losing in the very everyone. beginning of the season, everyone, right? But specifically on offense, right? They lost your boy, Keenan Allen, and they ended up losing Danny Woodhead. So that really puts you in a bind. 
And Stevie great Johnson. Thing, and Stevie Johnson, although Stevie wasn't contributing that much. But, yeah, Stevie right, was right, right. center. But you he was going to be like you get, you get Melvin Gordon stepping up big time, so that maybe helped, you know, his confidence and got him more carries because Woodhead would have taken some of those away. And then you got the Houston Texans, who actually outplayed the Raiders last week. Yes, but lost the game. Now, they need this game more because obviously they're playing for something. Chargers are just in, in a tough, tough division. That that AFC West is just phenomenal. Even at four and six, they're, they're a good team. I just have a feeling that despite the fact that they're inconsistent, I think they'll do enough. I think that Lamar Miller will – Produce. I think the somebody's got to get into DeAndre Hopkins's head. Maybe he read his own press clippings and he was like, "Oh my God, I'm getting drafted." I feel fantasy. like your boy Brock's just not getting him the rock, don't you think? He, maybe, I mean, he's dropped some I, passes, but he has a he's dropped some passes, and B he doesn't have that. You know, and, and people criticize him for it, but that Des Bryant, Keyshawn Johnson, like get me the damn ball. You know, yeah. I'm you the best player swag. on this team. Get You're in the right. ball. Get in his Demanded. face. I know Brock's tall, so you'd be looking up at him. But slap <laughs> him around and say, look, man, I'm the guy. You may have the contract, but I'm the guy. I'm your player. Going nowhere Get without me. The me. Ball. Get me the ball. Will Fuller had a great first three, four games, but now his weaknesses have been revealed He's not 100% healthy. So DeAndre Hopkins has to really step up, and I think he will. I think ultimately I think he is a legit, you know, top-tier receiver, and I just think that they have too much. Because the game's in Houston, I think that that'll be enough to to kind of put them over the edge. So I'll I'll look for Houston in a relatively high-scoring affair. So I'll say Houston wins 30-27. to 30-27. Okay. Well, we got – Another interesting game here. The Seahawks are traveling to Tampa Bay. Now, everyone would normally just say, oh, yeah, the Seahawks will win. They're favored by five and a half. One, I don't know if they'll cover the spread, but we didn't think Tampa would get that win last week in Kansas City. And so the question is, I guess for me and for you, do we think that this team's kind of ready to turn the corner does Seattle, who's just kind of banged heads with some good teams the last three, four weeks, do they kind of not hit a wall, but maybe this travel back to the East Coast, maybe it gets them a little tired, maybe they're not on their game, they're over, you know, overlooking uh, Tampa, maybe next week, I don't know, their schedule, they play a tough opponent. You know, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> I think Tampa is game. And I think Mike Evans against Sherman is going to be a nice matchup. Maybe Sherman will start to travel a little more, which he's done a couple times this season. And I'm going to say Seattle wins, but they're not covering five and a half. I think Jameis is is ready. Michael Bennett might play, but I think Jameis is found some new weapons. Out, so that's good Earl for Thomas the Bucks. Is out, yeah. And and honestly, I think I'm going to say 26-23. Seattle wins by three, and Tampa plays just a, a heck of a game that maybe is a confidence builder, you know. Um, you hate to say a loss is a good thing, but if you play against a team like Seattle, it can, you know, help you out. Look out for Thomas Rawls and Jimmy Graham in this game, though, because I don't think they have anybody to really stop 
bigness, uh, Jimmy Graham, and, and, and Thomas Rawls should do okay. Maybe Lockett takes one to the house. So 26-23, Seahawks win. Russell and Jameis, no interceptions for either. They both throw about 280-270. So because the Bucks, Kansas City, and beat the Chiefs, they're not sneaking up on the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is the same Seattle Seahawks team of the second half of last year. They put it together when your boy Thomas Rawls comes back in full form, then their complement of offensive players will be there. Doug Baldwin is doing his thing. Jimmy Graham is hitting his stride. They're not even getting that much out of, you know, some of the other guys like Curse and, and Lockett, yeah. And Lockett and, and wait till Lockett steps up. And I really think he's got potential to be that sort of Percy Harvin, you know, game changer. He'll get yeah. here. But I think Seattle is is, is humming. And Tampa's not sneaking up on anybody. Tampa's going to be down. They're going to force the ball to Mike Evans a little too much. I got him on fantasy, so you know I need me some Mike Evans. But they're going to be playing from behind, and I think Seattle wins the game fairly easily. So I'll say 29-22 Seattle. Okay, got him covering the spread. Now, you talk about being on life support or something. It's the Carolina Panthers. But unfortunately, this team, they're just not playing defense the way they used to. And they're traveling to the Oakland Raiders, who in other years, other teams, they would have lost that Texans game, Ray. But they found a way to win. They've got three running backs that contribute to that roster. And that team is starting to show that that offensive line, when they have to, they'll give Carr all day. When they have to, they will blow holes open for their running backs. I think Murray and I think Cooper and Crabtree and Roberts, they're just going to be too much for that Panthers secondary. And Cam is just a little step off. You know, he'll have a good quarter. He'll have a good half, but he's not putting four quarters together as of late. And um, I think it's going to bite him now. They'll score on the Raiders, but I think the Raiders cover that three and a half. And at the end of the day, I think the Raiders win 27-23 over the Panthers and remain the number one seed in the AFC. So I look back at this week and say the Raiders were outplayed for most of the game by Houston. It was impressive. They did it on a neutral field, obviously, in Mexico, but they had more fans. So it was a quasi-home game. I just feel like the Carolina Panthers are a team you don't really want to face. You know, by record, you think, oh, they're 4-6, and six, no big deal, 1-3 and three on the road. This You're is still the defending NFC champs. They need to probably run the table to make the playoffs. Nine and seven might get you in. Ten and six is a little bit safer, especially with all those teams in the NFC East vying for the, you know, vying for those spots. They might beat up on each other, so maybe you, you get a break there. But Cameron, Jarrell, Newton, Stewart, Olson, Funches, Benjamin—these are still formidable guys. They're all big, by the way. You know, they're all like 
large men. <laughs> they the Carolina can play. Large men. <laughs> they can play. And the defense, while it's not last year's defense, I think still can give Oakland problems, still can travel. And maybe Oakland is a little high on themselves, thinking, oh, we won the game. You know what? You shouldn't have won the game. You were outplayed. Maybe Oakland's looking ahead to those division rivalry matchups. I think they still have to play, what, Kansas City and Denver, right? Yeah. Carolina. I think they win the game outright. I think they go into Oakland. They take care of their business. And they win, and I think they impose their will. I think they shut Oakland down. I think David Carr only has four interceptions so far. I'm going to say he throws two more in this game. And Carolina wins 23-19. I'm picking odd scores. I think we're we're going to have more missed field goals, more missed PATs. Twelve last week, Can they beat that record? Can they beat the record of 12? Last week was amazing. I don't see why not. If it was 12 and it was relatively good weather, you know, some of these were were, were indoors, some of them were in domes. So think about it. When you you start getting into December, November and December, yeah. Kicking a 30, what is it, a 35-yard field goal, essentially, for for a point after? Why not? Okay. Well, let's get a Sunday night football move it on to college. The Kansas City Chefs, the Chiefs, are at the Denver Broncos. Denver's coming off the bye. Broncos are favored by three and a half. I feel like Simeon is going to get it going again, enough to be able to at least you know, move the ball. He's had spurts where him and Thomas and Sanders have looked pretty decent. And I also feel that that team just needed a rest. They needed to get healthy. I think Tlaib might be back. Devontae Booker is, is – is, starting to come into place, but he was a little banged up too, so he'll be healthy. And um, I just don't think the Chiefs have enough, and I'm I'm hoping Macklin's back, but I don't know if he will be. Um, you know, where Tariq Allen's been good and Kersey, but Ware's been, you know, in and out a D little Ford banged up. Ford is still out. Yeah, and also my guy, Marcus, Marcus Peters, Peters is who yeah. is so clutch for them, and he didn't play last week, which kind of hurt me in my defense league, but um, no, this is Denver's. They're at home. That defense is too much. And Alex Smith, he does not test the defense. He's not going to push it down the field enough, which with the Denver defense, you've got to take some shots because they're not going to give you enough underneath. They are so fast to the ball. They're such good tacklers, Ray. And I don't know if they can pound and run the ball as much as they need to to win it. So I'm going to say they cover the spread, and they actually win this game kind of easily. I'm going to say uh, 24-16. Broncos win. Booker and Sanders are little fantasy studs. Yeah, I got to agree. I, I don't see any reason to think that the Chiefs can win this game in Denver. Um, the Chiefs are shell-shocked from the Tampa loss. I just – I'm feeling that the Denver Broncos can create those critical turnovers. They also have big play guys. Spencer Wears showed himself very well. Travis Kelsey's banged up a little bit. Alex Smith, we know he's good as a game manager, moves the ball down the field. But I think you're going to have to be dynamic against this Denver defense, and I'm not sure he is. So I like Denver. 
and they're playing at home. I think Denver wins. I think they win pretty easily. I think they win. You know, if Denver could score, this would be a blowout. But Denver has a little bit of a hard time scoring. So I'll say Denver wins 26-20. Now we go to the pigskin of the young fellas on Saturdays. Now, because it's rivalry week, we had some games yesterday, some games today. With Texas losing horribly today and losing to Kansas last week, LSU beating Texas A&M in a crazy, what, shootout, 50-some-odd points or whatever, and then Houston losing today to Memphis. This coaching carousel, give me your thoughts on where Tom Herman winds up, who goes to LSU, is it Jimbo Fisher, and then does Charlie Strong, basically all through three teams have a new head coach. And then we can move forward after that to Washington winning and the game's set tomorrow. What do you what do you think plays out? With so I don't schools? think Kevin Sumlin's going anywhere. I think he stays. Right. I but don't. Yeah. I, I don't like when people talking about him. Yeah. Charlie Strong is gone at Texas to be replaced by TBD. Don't know. <laughs> LSU is Ed Orgeron is supposedly the backup. I think Herman from. Houston is going to Well, don't you think it's going to be a bidding Texas. war between LSU and Texas for Herman? I don't know. I think in some ways it'd be better for him to leave Texas and not play in his shadow Houston, you know, going to Austin. So I think he's actually going to go to LSU. I have a feeling he's just going to change it up a little bit and go hmm. go play in the SEC. Now, <laughs> Go try to recruit in the SEC, right? It is bad enough to try and recruit in the Big 12 and keep your kids That's in why Texas, I think he stays, he stays locally and goes to Texas. You think he's so? He's already got I, relationships I just, in Houston. Yeah. yeah, you might be right, but I think, I think LSU is going to give him an offer he can't refuse. I don't know that Texas is going to put down all that money on him. I feel like uh, – We'll see. We'll see. And then Jimbo Fisher, like you said, is the wild card. But why would Jimbo Fisher leave Florida State? Seems like he had a good thing going there. And his predecessor, Bobby Bowden, stayed there for, for you know, 50 years. So, you know why? I think there's some penalties coming, right? I really? Think so he's, yeah, he's going to be Pete Carroll? I think, I think there's some stuff coming down the pipe, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. You might be right. So, what do you think? Who, who are your Who are your Vegas? Who are you going to Vegas? I, I, I would go Herman, Texas. I say Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher goes to LSU. You think Jimbo Fisher's going? Okay. I do. I do. I really do. And then I think Florida. Uh, they're They're going to probably take one of the hot assistants from a Clemson, from a Michigan, from a you know, or or. or good coach from a, a younger, you know, like a different team, like maybe a West Virginia, Texas Tech coach, you know, somebody like that. I think, you know, it's going to be hard for Florida State, but I think that they're going to they're gonna try to get somebody that's ready to move on. You know, maybe they try to steal the Colorado coach or something. I don't know. But um, that should be interesting. So how about this, man? Washington put themselves in a good spot because, look, if they wind up playing Colorado in the Pac-12 championship, Colorado's got to beat Utah. If they don't, USC, 
you know, has outside shots still. Um, do you see Washington beating Colorado and then the loser, either the loser Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or Clemson, four teams for three spots, or Washington with one loss, you have to put them in, wouldn't you? it's been a pretty decent year for the Pac-12. Yeah. New faces, but still, you know, still not a, a horrible so. year. A one-loss Big conference. Five conference champion, I think, has to be in. You know, the the, the nightmare scenario is going to be if Ohio State Ohio and State, Penn State yeah. win. Yeah. And then if and I, I think State, Michigan State's going to upset Penn State, I really do. I think they're going to save well, that, that, the committee. Yeah, that would that would mean that Penn State and I'm sorry, that would mean that Ohio State and Michigan control their destiny. So whoever wins that game ultimately then has to just beat uh, what is it probably going to be a Wisconsin. But if you're a Penn State player, do you want to watch the game before because that game comes on before you kick off? Do you want to see it in its entirety, or do you want to just not know? Like, I mean, you've got to believe they're going to know, but. Do you think it messes oh, with their head? I want to know. I want, yeah, I think you it does know. mess with your head. Because think about it. You didn't even think you'd be this good coming into this season. You know, still no. now that they've decided to pay that $2.5 million fine, the whole Joe Paterno Sandusky thing is still hanging over their heads, what, four or five years later. You didn't think you'd yeah. be playing. You could be playing for the national championship. I mean, outside chance, right? They're not it, that it, good, yeah. But give Franklin credit, good. right? We were not. We weren't like hating we on him, but we were when critical. He came from Vanderbilt, sure. Yeah. No, and and he's he's proven to uh, he's getting it done. He's recruiting. He's he's you know Penn State is a football school. You know if you you know they recruit Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio. Um, you know they get a lot. You know Maryland, D.C. area kids. So they've got a nice little region of good talent. Uh, you know, it might not be the southeast, maybe it's second tier, but you know they definitely get some offensive linemen and different guys, and he's he's built a, a heck of a program. So you know, some people would say, you know, it's a root for Penn State to beat Michigan State. Um, I don't know. Uh, Iowa beat Nebraska today, so that throws you know different things into the mix right there in terms of just you know other bowl games, and we could see Minnesota potentially upset Wisconsin. What are your thoughts on that? quite possible, but I think Wisconsin takes care of business and, and actually plays a pretty good Big Ten championship game. I like Wisconsin. I just think the team they're going to play, unless it's Penn State, but the team they're going to play is better. Meaning if Ohio they play, State or play Penn State and beat them, does Wisconsin have a chance at number six to move up? Could they be in the four? Not unless Wisconsin or Clemson lose. I think if everybody wins out, so the Big Ten, you don't think they're going to get two? No. You think it's got to be ACC, Pac-12, SEC, and Big Ten, and one from each. Oh, yeah. And yes. I still think we got to go to eight, have the five conference winners and three at large from whatever conference, from any place, whatever, and that will stop everybody's whining and crying. You know, maybe you get rid of the conference uh, tournaments and, you know, have that extra weekend of the playoff and eight teams would solve everything. 
I mean, right now with eight teams, it would be, you know, it would be really nice. You know, I mean, you could wind up yeah, opening I mean, weekend. I, it's, it's, I don't know. At the I end mean, of the place, I'm it's just, just got to go I don't go know there. that I want, I don't want that extra round. You know what I'm saying? As much as it's frustrating to but have that 15. look at a team 15, like Oklahoma. Look at a team like them. Who's, they start off against two heavyweights and they lose, but then they run the table after that. Oklahoma, I believe, can play on the field with any of the big boys, neutral field, right? They got spanked at Ohio State, but, you know, I think if they played them again, they could do better. Uh, And I think that team, I think they're one of the four or five best teams, Oklahoma, when it comes down to it. Right now, Baker Mayfield is probably second in the Heisman. You know what, you know, uh, Westbrook is doing. He could be in the Heisman. P. Ryan and Nixon are insane. I mean, that team is is, is tough, right? It's just those they two are, losses. Those two losses, but you can't lose two games. And and I think what what that might do is it might cause people not to schedule, you know, several good out-of-conference teams, right? The SEC teams almost never play anybody really good because they know that the SEC is such a bang-up conference. So good for them, Oklahoma, for scheduling out of conference and, and getting aggressive, you know, early in the season. But, right, but then, but then I'm okay with the system, this would, but the system fails right? them, right? But the system fails them then because if they run the table after those two rough losses – you know, you're saying don't schedule, then, you know, they get penalized for scheduling too good of teams. Yeah, but if you're a two-loss team, should you really be playing for the national championship? I mean, let's be honest. You know, and I and, and kudos, this isn't basketball where you have to play six in a row and win it, but are you really one of the best But it's not fair. Look at the NFL. you got teams losses. that win the Super Bowl from nine and seven, the Giants, the Steelers from wild cards, from six seeds. It happens. So I just don't it think it's that big of a deal for and for college football, and I don't think it taints the season. Right now, we'd still be very excited because you know what? You don't know who the top eight would be right now. But what you still got to wait till the final weekend. Hurt, somebody gets hurt. You know what I mean? I, I want to. Well, Ray, you could take teams. off. You, no, no, no. You can take off one of those cream cake games that they have. They have two bye weeks in the season. But you could take off, let's say, the week one when they, you know, this week one was incredible. Let's say week two, right, when they know they played the soft schools. You could take that off. Or even in the back end of the season, what was Alabama playing? Chattanooga, Alabama, Birmingham, something like two weeks ago? Don't that game could be Chattanooga. Taken. <laughs> but that could, be take, that could be taken off, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just would like to see, I feel like eight games is perfect and it's it's enough. I think four you you always are going to cheat one conference. So that's where I agree. Where you have if you have a big five. What if you did six? One and two get a bye. Fine. I mean, I, I I could live with that. You could do six. So five conferences and one at large. I mean, that's even Fair better. Enough. I mean, you know what Fair I mean. Enough. That kind of. And I wouldn't because, even I wouldn't even guarantee the big five. You know what I'm saying? So if the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or it's hard has to a horrible see, year, has a horrible year, they don't deserve to have a guy, a team automatically. But if they but. all, if their champions are all, let's say, one-loss champions, then you know what? 
the difference between three, four, five, and six is not that critical because you know they all get to prove it on the field, right? So maybe that's it. I think I just you just convinced me to go six with with uh, you know a, a wild One card. Probably, yeah, five of the six are going to come from the Big Five. They may not all come one from each conference, but. Five of the six from the Big Five, most likely. Right, so no, and guarantees, no guarantees. No guarantees. But more than likely, at least, conference at winners least will be heavily that, weighted right. or something. Yeah. Exactly. That's I think it. that's the best way to do it. But right now, this year, look, just look at the SEC. Florida, who's the second? You know, they're going to the SEC championship. But if they're the second best team from the SEC, Florida wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't overtake well, Oklahoma or – you know what I mean? No, no, I'm just saying, like, so there's opportunities where, you know, you feel good about it because it's not like you wouldn't give Washington and Oklahoma a shot to be in it over, let's say, a second SEC school. You know what I mean? Sure. And then right now the sixth seed could be the Penn State-Wisconsin team or Michigan. You know, you could put two big ten teams in. Makes it a little bit more exciting. I, I just – I can see what you're saying about eight. I I think eight is the dream scenario, but six is much better than four. I just think four is kind of like fugazi when you got five major conferences. So let's 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 talk about a new segment, man, and maybe we end with a little bit of NBA. You know, our Knicks are uh, balling, and you know, different teams. They just teams won are, today in overtime. They beat Charlotte. Oh, okay. We pulled it out. Now, see, that's a big win. That's a good, good chip lollipop. That's a good win because. Charlotte has been what a top five seed all year. That's a that's a, a, a team. Yeah, we just tied them too by record. We're both eight and seven now. There you go. See, that's, that's our, a our first win. time we get over five hundred. Yeah. Go ahead, next. Wow. Uh, Melo had thirty-five and fourteen rebounds. My man, my Melo. But okay, so let's let's talk about this for a second, then we'll get to the segment. Why do you think Carmelo is so disrespected? Because for someone who's won the way he did in Syracuse and the Olympics and the other players revere him, he gets so criticized, and rightly so in a way. He didn't win in Denver or New York yet. But if we're being honest, he's never really had a two or a three to roll with him. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been him and then some side pieces. He's never had a Wade and a Bosch. He's never had a Allen Iverson and Chauncey but, 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 but Phillips. Yeah, but those are But they were both older. Yeah, yeah, they were both older. And the, that was a young crazy J.R. Smith still on that team, right? <laughs> that was the team. That was the but wasn't that the <laughs> But that was the best team that they had, right? Then they make it to – they lost in the Western Conference Finals, right? That was the one year he got there, right? Yeah. they lose to the Lakers? They so. lost – yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like oh, or the semis. I know seven you, you, you know. or eight, something like that. I mean, do you do you feel like – not necessarily this year, but whether he's the first or second best player, can Melo – can Melo get a chip? I don't think so. I think with this salary cap situation, now look, the cap's gone up, so you can actually have a Melo yeah. and then some. I think Melo can't be your best player. I just look at his skill set 
and he's well, what of course Porzingis talented. naturally develops. I think Porzingis is on his way to be an All Star this year, and the way he's developing, what if he naturally develops to be an equal to Carmelo? That scenario there, that could happen. It could. It could. He's but, really but, good. But I don't. Carmelo doesn't make anybody better, and it's hard to knock a small forward who's an elite scorer for not making people better, right? You could argue Bernard King didn't really make people better. He's not a passer. Alex English didn't make anybody better. It's not his job. His job is to make buckets. He's making Kentucky Fried Chicken for you, and you need to eat it because you know it tastes good. That's what he's doing. I get buckets. Well, Uncle Drew, shout out. But that's why I don't think he can be your, your best player. I really think that Carmelo might win a championship. This sounds disrespectful as a role player, as like a six man or, or, or a starter. Let's say Carmelo, this, this, is, this is like a crazy weird flashback, right? But let's say Carmelo played on the 09 Laker team that had Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol and, and um, Carmelo was like your your gun, your sixth man. All, maybe in five years, right? Is your is your right. gunner off the bench, or your guy that that just you know towards the end of the career still gives you seventeen in his sleep? You know, I think that's the type of yeah, scenario that Carmelo the way he can win championships. And I don't think it would make any less of his Hall of Fame career. No, because also you got to compare. He's he goes in the long list of guys like Ewing, Malone, all these other guys, Barkley, who they had to go through. Mikael Jordan and and Melo has to go through LeBron, and it hasn't happened. Well, but to 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 put the knock on him, he hasn't even really met LeBron. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't even lost really to LeBron. Uh, one year, or the next one year. Heat. No, of course, one year. But but obviously he was in the West most of those years, and then he came back. Actually, it's funny. He'll, he'll you know, if this keeps going, he'll spend more of his career in the East than he did in the West. But he, you know, he Dallas lost again by thirty-eight. Wow, right? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, he hasn't made the playoffs in in many years. So several of his uh, years. So uh, I don't know. So. With the holiday, we were thinking about this season, who have been the biggest turkeys. And we were thinking about, you know, whatever the sport, player, just team, who who did we think was going to do better, have a better season, and they really have just fallen short. For me, I'm going to go first, man. I, I thought that this might be a real turnaround developing borderline, you know, wild card or, you know, in the mix, at least being like 500 for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles. Ray, they're 2-8. and eight. They're going to wind up with the second or third pick in the draft. Browns obviously, you know, are going to be at 0-11. You know, they're going to be uh, – they have to buy next week, but they're going to wind up being, the you know, the first pick. Jaguars and Niners will battle after that, but I'm so disappointed in Bortles. I think Gus Bradley needs to go, 
and I do think they need to go and get and pay the big money. The owner's got the dough, right? Pay the big money. Go get you a David Shaw. Go get you the next young or who is the the up-and-coming, maybe the Chip Kelly, the offensive guru, because there's talent. Julius Thomas, um, you know, Bortles, he's got 2,600 yards. You've got Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. Now, Ivory and Yeldon have had a bad season, right? Ivory's only got 306 yards. He missed like two or three weeks. But you've got to build up this offensive line better. They they don't give enough time. So to me, in free agency, number one player I sign is, a, is the offensive lineman, and then the first-round pick is an offensive lineman. And then I go from there. But I've got to get a coach in there because there's no reason. And I think it's unfortunate, but Gus Radley is a D.C. He's not a head coach. And so right now i got to say that Jacksonville Jaguars, my son William's second favorite team, they're my Thanksgiving turkeys, man. It has been a mess. And I don't know if he wants to move the team to London or Vegas or whatever, but people are not coming out. And they've got talent on defense, right? Plazunsk, Plum, Paul Plazunsk, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Plazunsk. You know, he, ball, he balls out. Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, you know, they've got some, you know, young defensive linemen, Ray. It's just a mess. So the Jaguars are my turkeys, man. Who's your turkey? Gobble, gobble. So I'm going to say I might be the only one who thinks they're a turkey because everybody else wrote them off. But they're young, and they're fresh, and they're fab, and they're four and ten. And that, my friends, is your Minnesota Timberwolves. The only teams worse, and just barely, then the Minnesota Timberwolves are the Philadelphia 76ers by a game, the Brooklyn Nets by half a game, and the worst team in the league, the Dallas Mavericks. So this team, they may not have tremendous depth, right? So that's one of the things that they don't have. Well, neither do the Knicks. But they absolutely stacked with young studlies at the top. Andrew Wiggins, quiet as kept, shh, don't tell anybody, he's averaging 24 a game. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns may be a top five player. He's definitely the guy yeah. that all NBA GMs want to build around. Zach Levine is also averaging 19 a game, that sort of combo guard with crazy explosiveness. Gordon Jones is a nice player. Uh, and then they have to they trade Rubio, those, right? Those guards, Rubio, Dunn, Tyus Jones. I guess you gotta let that, they don't give the car keys to Dunn. But that team is is better than four and ten, and they should feel turkey-ish at <laughs> four and ten because they have to have higher expectations for themselves. You know, you can't be thinking, "Oh, next year we'll get another draft pick." You gotta be. You gotta start winning games. You look at the Lakers. The Lakers, who everybody wrote off and was like, "Oh, they'll be terrible again." Well, you know what? They're hustling. They're eight and eight. They're the same record as Oklahoma City Thunder right now. You know, ahead of the Portland Trailblazers, just behind the Utah Jazz. How about so, in four years they could win a chip with a Carmelo being their sixth man? <laughs> there you go, my man. Marmelo gets to L.A. Not with Kobe. But he gets to L.A. 
his girl gets to, you know, enjoy L.A. Why not? Oh, Minnesota. It's not L.A. It's Minnesota. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Lakers. Oh, my fault. I thought you were saying what no, the no, Oh, you're saying goes, go back to Minnesota. Yeah. Well, Minnesota, I don't know. Maybe they need a veteran leader, uh, maybe a point guard. They'll need a small forward maybe if Wiggins settles in too. But um, this team's disappointing. They got to they gotta win games. You know, at a certain point, yeah. you're professional athletes. You have tons because of have a good coach. You, know he you can have coach. a good coach, and that coach is a defensive principal. So you got to get better on D. And you got to start winning games. So my turkey on Thanksgiving is the Minnesota Timberwolves. As my three-year-old Mateus says, chicky, chicky, bow, bow. (laughs) (laughs) Chicka, bow, chicka, 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 bow, bow. (laughs) Okay. Well, so, you know, look, it's going to be great games. And we left this for last. Number three, Michigan. At number two, Ohio State. Who are you picking? Oh, did you hear they crossed out all the M's? <laughs> you were telling me that. That is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. How much this rivalry means. You didn't like J.C. Barrett. Uh, look, I think Michigan lost their quarterback. Michigan lost a game to Iowa that's still shocking to them. Yeah. This game's in Columbus, Ohio, and I think that that means that the Ohio State Buckeyes, who don't even control their own destiny, win the game, take care of business, and hope that Michigan State beats Penn State. I have a feeling, though, if they were to beat Michigan They'll probably be in regardless. So they won't even be the Big Ten champion. They're not even playing the Big Ten championship game. And I still oh, they're going to be the, the number two seed if they beat Michigan. That's a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about if if Ohio if, – if then Penn State beats Michigan State – or sorry, if Penn State beats Wisconsin, or if Wisconsin wins, whoever wins that game, I don't think they get a slot. Over Ohio State, even though Penn State no. beat Ohio State, they would be three. So, yeah, they would be three or four, especially four if Clemson wins out. Out, of, yeah, Clemson and and uh, Washington, Washington. Let's say that's gonna be. Yeah, I so think yeah, bottom line, I think Ohio State, State wins out, yeah. a very close, great game, low scoring. I'll say twenty-one twenty. I agree with you. And I think Ohio State—they're gonna—it's gonna be a defensive battle, but there'll be some offensive scores because there's gonna be some some big plays, whether it's through mistakes or turnovers. Jabril Peppers is gonna try to take one to the house. I don't know if it's defensively, special teams. What you know, the kid is very versatile, very talented. But I'll say Ohio State gets it done. Breaking my heart, and I think Michigan would have won this game if their quarterback, if Spath was there. I think they would have won, but I don't think the backup quarterback is good enough. So I'm going to say 26-21, Ohio State and JT Barrett, the point guard Chris Paul, does enough. And again, I said it all season, and they've done it all season. The secondary will probably get an interception or two try to take one to the house, 
and that will be the difference that Ohio State defense because they can shift the field and they'll create a turnover or two and Ohio State wins 26-21. So that's it. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend, Ray, and everybody, and don't OD on the turkey. Enjoy the kids, and uh, it's a good time. Family and football. You, you can't beat it. So, Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Be safe out there. Enjoy it. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.